We made it through Monday. Always the hardest day of the week, guys. We made it through. You start the day and you're like, man, how am I going to face this week? And then as the day goes on, you just feel more and more encouraged and inspired, hopefully with the work that you're doing. And that is exactly what we are hoping to do here on another episode of I Could Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Something that I was really thinking the past couple days is that everyone has a dream. You know, we think, oh, having a dream is special. Having a dream isn't special. The special thing is putting in the work to make that dream a reality. And something that I learned so much from Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menounos, who founded this network, is that every year you're guaranteed 52 weekends. For the rest of your life, 52 weekends every single year. That equates to 104 days a year, almost a third of the year that you have an opportunity to outwork someone else. If you have a dream, if you have something that you want to go after, take a day on the weekend. Again, you have 52. Sacrificing one or two, not going to hurt you. It's only going to help you, going to help you achieve that dream. And someone that we have in studio today is still achieving her dreams incredible you're hearing this song i can only imagine and she is one of the stars of that film which continues to surprise and amaze people at the box office before that though she starred in flip she also starred opposite kevin costner in swing vote has starred in so many other projects i am so excited to be able to talk with her about this movie about her career please welcome madeline Carroll. thank you so much how are you doing i'm i'm so good i'm so good just like basking in the success of this movie, it's just completely shocked all of us. And just as uh, it's like watching a snowball roll down a hill, as the director <laughs> said, and you're just like watching it grow and grow. It's crazy. What was your expectation for the film? I mean, going in, hearing now that it's up to seventy million at the box office, it's still top four this weekend, <laughs> several weekends after it came out. I know it's it's literally insane, and I'm I'm we're all really shocked and amazed, but. Just the power of the film. It's just it has a special something about it, and it's really affecting people. And I think that's why it's growing so much, because people are, you know, getting on the phone to their friends and being like, this profoundly affected me, this yeah. made me, you know, change my life or whatever. And so I think it's it's definitely word of mouth. And um, just the churches have, that have got behind it have really pushed it forward. And now from them pushing it forward so hard in the first weekend, Hollywood really took notice mm-hmm. as to what it was happening. We, like, had predictions that it was going to do two million at best and it ended wow. up doing 17 and it's opening weekend so people were like wait what's going on so mm-hmm. um it's just been crazy crazy ride what was your reaction the first time that you saw it oh my gosh i literally cried my eyes out not just because like yes it's such a beautiful and amazing i was like so blessed by the way it turned out but for me like i i saw it and i saw how amazing it came out but I just couldn't believe what God did for me in my life. I was about to quit last Mm -hmm. year, literally fell on my knees and was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep going. This is too hard. And it's taking the life from me. And I literally thought, I was like, this just mustn't be my calling anymore. God must have moved Mm -hmm. on, so I'm just not being obedient and I need to move on. So I fell on my bathroom floor, cried out to God and was like, Lord, I just, I don't understand what what am I supposed to be doing? Wow. Where are you? What should I what should I be doing here? And I made up in my mind that I was going to quit. And I was like, I'm going to call my agents and I'm going to let them know that I'm done. And it's just it's way too hard. And um, I I said these last two sentences before I walked out of the bathroom, and I was like, But if I'm wrong, God, and this is still where you've called me, then please send me something that would edify you. And that's how I'll know that I'm still meant to wow. be here. Not kidding. The next day, I get a text message from a director saying, Hey, I want you to be in my next faith based film. And I was like. 
what literally word for word God answered my prayer and I like couldn't believe it and then two months later I was at a commercial audition for something else paired up with this woman to be my mom in the audition and she was like hey you're Madeline Carroll right and I was like yeah and she's like you need to go out on that new movie I can only imagine and I was like wait like the song and she's like yeah like the song so I heard about the movie through another audition left there called my manager Susan and was like hey you have to get me in on this movie like I knew when I heard the title that it was going to be so powerful because mm-hmm. I was familiar with the song my whole life and um and then I, I I got set up a meeting because they'd already been seeing girls and they already had some choices mm-hmm. so they were like oh yeah we would love to see her we were actually trying to get a hold of her so we would love for her to come in and just meet with us so I literally went over there had a meet and greet with them which doesn't happen yeah and um didn't read lines nothing just literally sat in the room talking with them about my testimony and my story and they booked me off of my heart Wow, just off that yeah. conversation of getting to know you. Yes, and like they saw me as, you know, who I am in him before they saw me as an actress. And so just like totally crazy, like crazy. I, I can't even explain how it feels for it to, to come out and be like the way it is and, and just the grace that God had on me just meant to be like just a meant to be thing and, and I'm overwhelmed by it. Yeah, it's really just been incredible to, to see, like you were saying, the reaction and see the reaction from people, but also from Hollywood being like, wait, <laughs> how is this even working out? And I'm so excited to be able to dive into that. Guys, if you want to be able to follow Madeline on social media after the show, obviously we're going to talk about so much, be able to reach out to her on Twitter, I am Maddie Carroll, on Instagram, Mads Carol 2 and searching, you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, at the only MC. Again, we're live here every single Monday, just trying to spread that positivity. Please like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube. We're also on <clears throat> Apple Podcasts. Do you want to just be able to maybe listen to something that uplifts you on your drive? Certainly put that podcast in and subscribe. The first time I saw this movie, we were talking about this, and I, I saw and I, I cried like a baby. So the song played at my grandfather's funeral. Mm. So I was expecting to go in and just cry because of that. Because anytime yeah, yeah. I heard the song, I started crying. But it made me so appreciative of my relationship with my parents. Yeah. Especially that's what this is based off of the movie, the song I can only imagine. And Bart Millard from Mercy Me and talking about how he saw his dad transformed. And so I saw it on a Wednesday. Two days later, I surprised my parents in Scottsdale, drove six hours and surprised them on a Friday night and Are said, you I need to see you. Just going to thank you. From the movie? From the movie. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That's it, awesome. It was just so touching. Wow. And it, it was, you know, I don't cry a lot in movies. Yeah. And the entire second half. I know. I mean, that's just me every time. Like, and you, you, maybe you try to hide it right away. You're like, oh, okay, just a couple sniffles. And then you're like, there is no hope. No. Straight rivers. Me too. The part where they, like, pull out after rebuilding the Jeep together, mm-hmm. like, just gets me every time. It's just, it, it really <laughs> gets me every time. I cry so <laughs> hard. And, and, and for those of you who haven't seen it, they, they build this Jeep together, um, not trying to give anything away, but mm-hmm. they, they build this Jeep together to make some memories after he's been so wounded by his dad. Mm-hmm. And um, they pull out in this Jeep and you're just, it's the power of forgiveness. Just Yeah you're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed yeah. by it. Especially from seeing like how hard he was mm-hmm. to him uh, at the beginning of the film. It's just, it's crazy. You, the water works. Yeah. And Dennis happen. Quaid plays the father. What was it like working with Dennis on set? I mean, because a lot of people think of him well, and they don't think of him as like a, a Christian actor. Yeah, yeah. And I think be able to bridge that gap. What was that like? Crazy. So I actually, um, in some of my interviews for Swing Vote way back when, mm. I had said that he was one of the people that I wanted to work with. Really? And I got to work with him. Yeah, so I loved the parent trap growing up and always thought mm-hmm. he was like, 
so cute and everything. So <laughs> I, in all honesty, and so I, I was so excited to work with him, and he's just so nice. And it was different, like you said, to see him in that light, uh, playing someone so hard and harsh, mm-hmm. because he's like the dad. He's a loving dad, you know, and everything else. And so I think for him, it was a really, really cool role. And he actually had his own personal transformation through doing the movie um and it's it's been unbelievable he's really been on board promoting the movie he didn't want to stop he was supposed to start filming something else and like still wanted to be promoting like he's like crazy yeah so he was just a a blessing he had his kids on the set and just a loving loving guy exactly what you would expect him to be i hear about a lot of you know hollywood movies that are maybe faith-based and even like the book of eli or the passion Mm -hmm. movies where they talk about the mood on the set is just completely different what was the mood on set for a movie like this knowing the purpose that you're trying to get out through it? Oh, so much more peaceful, I would say. Um, I feel like everyone has this peacefulness to them. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone's working really hard to, to get everything done that they need done. But there's just this, this peacefulness about the set that um, you really can't put your finger on. And um, for me, I just it was such a different experience for me because I was so appreciative of it after going through such a hard period of like five years Mm -hmm. where because early on in my career I reached you know so much success and was so used to doors opening for me uh from God and so I when I had that hard time um then to have something like that happen and to just be on a um on such a peaceful beautiful set I was so appreciative of it so it was such a different experience for me going into it because I just I looked at it so differently for me it was a reviving of my career I really thought that that dream was dead Mm -hmm. and gone so I was like hugging it like every day I, I was so grateful and just thanking God every day because I thought my dream was dead I really did yeah. I thought that it was over with so for me just approaching it that way was um really really incredible and just also having Andy and John um who directed the film I've worked with everyone's been so nice all mm-hmm. the directors I've had a chance to work with but they literally like every day were telling me like we're so proud of you we're so happy the choices you made wow. in your career we're so like you you did everything right you did exactly what you were called to do and like I kept crying because I've never heard that before mm-hmm. I've never been reaffirmed like that by anyone um, else in the business really in positions of power so it was like just a a blessing for me all around such a healing experience for me all around and like the things that I learned and and went through on that set like I'll take with me for a lifetime. What do you think the reason is or maybe how will this change kind of the Hollywood scope? I mean people always support Hollywood Christian movies, high Hollywood movies I think two years ago, and all the movies in the top ten were at least PG-13 or under. Mm. And it's because people want these family films. Yeah. How does this change that landscape or continue to change that landscape? I think that it's, um, for Hollywood, you know, they're all about numbers. So it's really when, when these faith-based films do well or these films with positive messages do well that that's when people are like, hello, attention. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets Hollywood's attention. They want to do stuff like that. So um, I think that it's going to continue to change because now these studios are going to be like, okay, how can we get our hands on something like this where we don't have to put a lot of money into it mm-hmm. and we're getting everything and more back so they're looking at it through a numbers thing which is fine for faith-based people because guess what now they're going to be getting jobs now mm-hmm. they're going to be getting you know brought to the table in yep. these big meeting rooms and stuff like that so it's so important when these films are supported i mean this past easter there were three faith-based films out in one weekend paul was out i can only imagine yes, was out. live like line yep. god's not dead yep. four actually yep. so it's like it's just it's it's a turning point and i think that's why even movies that um have uh good undertones like Marvel. Marvel has Hollywood mm-hmm. by the throat because mm-hmm. all these families want to go see them because yeah. they're positive. You can yeah. see them with your family. And so really just the numbers are the big attention grabber. So that's why we're so thankful for all the people that came out and showed up. Um, 
for the film because now other movies are going to be put into production. Scripts are going to be greenlit that yeah. people have been trying to get made for years on end. You know what yeah. I mean? Cindy Bond was trying to get this movie made. She's a producer on the film uh, for eight and a half years. Wow. Eight and a half years. So, and then that also goes to with timing too because Bart mm-hmm. actually said in an interview um, who the movie's based on yep. that five years ago he wouldn't have been emotionally prepared yeah. for this movie to be released because it's such a personal story. But yeah. yeah, eight and a half years trying to get it made. And she she told me that a lot of the people that she had brought it to are now calling her and they're like, how did you do this? Like, how, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, because they don't think much of yeah. it. Because they're not, you know, in those, uh, they don't, especially in L.A., you don't see, you know, all the community and families. Mm-hmm. But in places like Oklahoma, people are coming out in throngs. Huge. To see it because yeah. that's all family places, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's going to be uh, uh, definitely just all these films doing well. Not to say that only I can only imagine is going to be this film that's going to make all no, these open doors. No. There's so many that are like doing so well right now, and they're just all opening doors for more movies to be made and putting more people like um, like Cindy and Andy and John into positions of power to make more films like this. Yeah, and it's you know again this weekend I think it was another seven million I think at the box office, and yeah again it's up to seventy million, which is incredible and the fact that it was made for five or ten or something I know it was made for I think seven yeah incredible uh, the work that's being done through that and then people's the conversations that are being started as well yes you you look at that of not just the entertainment value but the, the impact of the conversations with families and hopefully you know building stronger families is it crazy to you to think that you've been acting for almost 20 years yes doesn't feel like that long how long does it feel like feels like five but I think it feels like five because it was like it, I had always done it. It's all I ever knew. But it was more just like a thing on the side. You know, when you're going to school and you're going mm-hmm. up like that, it's just something for fun. But then I really decided, like, okay, this is what I'm going to pursue. This is what I feel like I'm called to do. Like when I hit 15, which is when it got really hard. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you were a, a child actor. What is the mindset of a of a child actor? You're saying you're going to school. You're on set. You're trying to play with friends. All these things that. You know, most kids are dealing with, and then you, again, you have the whole thing of, oh, I'm also working on these huge projects. Yeah. What is the mindset there? What is life like as a child actress? Um, it's it's for the most part normal, other than when I was gone filming for like three months. That was hard, you know, being away from my brothers and stuff like that. I have three brothers, um, and it's it's hard, but it's just more. It's not as uh, heavy of a thing. It's not a job, mm. you know what I mean. So then mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's more um, just for fun. Like it was acting for me. I, I used to say this all the time when I was a kid. It just was my baseball or my soccer. Um, you know, that I got to show to all my friends. Like, I would come back to school from filming, and um, I went to public school my whole life, and so when I would come back to school, I was like, are you guys all going to see my movie? Let's all go see my movie. (laughs) Like, it was just, like, a a normal thing, you know what I mean? And and then it just got harder as I got older because then also the role started to change. Mm -hmm. When I hit that teenage years, um, I was no longer playing, you know, the sweet little daughter or Mm -hmm. things like that. Things that were coming down the pipe were you know, all of a sudden they want to see you naked and all wow. these things. And you're like, what is happening? Yeah. You like can't believe it. So, um, and then it just, it just got really hard for, for a period of time. And that's really when I went through like an identity thing, like, okay, Lord, like, is this still where I'm called? Because if I'm not called here, this is far too hard to keep fighting for. It's yeah. far too hard to mm-hmm. keep going against all this opposition. If you're not even in it with me, like mm-hmm. I need you at my side, if I'm going to pursue this and, and continue to do this and, 
and he did. He showed up and showed was up. Was there an age where it switched over, where it almost not that the cute roles versus okay, more adult? Uh, f- like fifteen, yeah, like fifteen years old. I would say it started to change uh, more so when you hit like seventeen, eighteen, because then mm-hmm. like legally you yeah. can do more things. But uh, yeah, it totally started to change at like fifteen. Mm. And just the roles, just the way you were treated too, maybe. Well, yeah, I noticed a big difference mm. in that too. Like, um, like a lot of the sets that you go on when you hit that age. Uh, they always apologize, like the grips and stuff would apologize for like cursing around you and stuff. And then all of a sudden, that's when I knew I was growing up when they're like, they would say an F word or something. And they would be like, oh, sorry. And they're like, wait, no, you're too old for that now. Now I can like, oh. cur- and I was like, I must be getting old now. Um, but yeah, it's just a, just the parts naturally. You start doing the the, the high schooler thing mm-hmm. and then everything's edgy. Like everyone wants yeah. to see edgy now yeah. and like the most shock factor thing. And you're like, oh my gosh, like how are these things, some of them, even being funded and I get like sometimes you got to show the bad to show the good mm-hmm. but just some th- sometimes things are just for no reason at all and mm-hmm. you're just like what is this um, but I think that's why it's been so dark for so long that that's why all these positive things are starting to do well because people it's like a drink of fresh water you know what I mean people are like finally something I can sit with my children or I can sit with my family and see mm-hmm. Do you notice a difference being in the industry? I mean, pre and post kind of the whole Weinstein and everything scandal and just the the dark light of the industry? Yeah, I notice a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of people that I know personally even um, that are really trying to do good in Hollywood are now getting these positions. So it's like all these bad things were being moved out and so now all these other yeah I have a friend uh, she's a a female trying to make positive movies just got offered a huge directing job and it's like like just completely open doors and um, just yeah I notice a big difference and people just wanting change and not I notice right now it's it's a good thing to be a girl (laughs) right now Um, it's it's a really good thing to be a girl they're getting a lot more opportunity um, than ever before and I feel like a lot of uh, different races are getting a lot more opportunity Mm -hmm. than ever before Um, so it's it's, I've noticed a really big difference coming on the other side of it yeah how do you not get burned out having done this for so long and still only being you know low 20s Oh my gosh, I I don't know. I think it's just I'm you're you're passionate about what you're called to do. I think it's just something in you. I always think of Psalms one thirty nine. You know, you were in it together in the womb, and I think God just puts things in you um, for your purpose, and and I think that's why you'll never get tired of it because um, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And so I think it's just always a drive inside. And I also like for me as I'm getting older, I'm getting into other things too. So like not just mm-hmm. acting. Like I want to do producing, writing, mm-hmm. and so you're just kind of creatively moving into these new avenues and always doing something different and I think that um, one of the blessings about being an actress is you are always doing something different you know what I mean every script mm-hmm. that comes down the road is a different yep. person to play a different character to play and so it's an ever changing job so um, I think that's part of the reason I don't get tired of it too mm-hmm. is I just I, I think it's fun yeah grew up in the church what impact did that start having on you know your career as an actress and the roles that you wanted to take or saying no to some roles major major uh impact on that um when i was growing up i i first of all i came to know the lord um when i was about i grew up going to church but came myself at mm-hmm. about nine um started reading my bible and uh, really getting close to god felt uh the call of god at a very early age and i think um because i was so close at that young age it was 
definitely, like, as things were happening in my career, um, things were happening also in my spiritual life. And so when I was getting closer and closer to God, it just, it made me not want to do certain things, especially when I would get job offers for really big movies that I just knew wouldn't lead to a good place because when I would pray about them, I felt like it wasn't going to lead to a new place, so a good place. So uh, that helped me make those decisions. And, and I had prayer, praying parents, you know, my mm-hmm. mom and dad just always watching over me and yeah. praying over me and directing me, especially when I was young. But from that foundation and then when I was young, teaching and instilling that in me, now that I'm older and I'm doing it mm-hmm. myself, uh, I know what to do. You know what I mean? You know to approach God on everything because I know that you know, I've tried it without the Lord, and I've tried it with Him, and it's 100% better with Him. <laughs> Absolutely. How much of the decision was, you know, talking about your parents' obviously strong faith, how much of the decision for certain roles did you bring to them, or you make on your own, or did you seek their guidance? Uh, oh, especially when I was younger, all of them. Um, all of them when I was young. I, I got offered this uh, franchise when I was about 11 years old after I did Swing Boat, um, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, on paper everything was amazing and and you know ridiculous money and uh like two picture three picture deal and everything wow. like crazy decision it was so hard at the time because it it fell on my lap and that just doesn't happen so i was mm-hmm. like this must be god you know what i mean like this has to be the lord but then when i read the script there was a lot of stuff i didn't agree with uh with my character in particular so um you know as far I, as your actions or as far as the morality of the character morality okay yeah morality yeah. and um and just the language and stuff like yeah. that so um it was a really hard decision but my mom was like praying for me praying for me that i would know what to do but my mom always allowed me to have the final say Mm -hmm. you know she would give me her opinion she would tell me what she felt and then she was like but whatever you feel led to do and so I was praying really hard about it and I remember I had uh, originally signed on um, because they had agreed to change some of the stuff and I originally signed on went and met with everyone on the team went to church that night I'm not kidding and the pastor called me up to pray on somebody to receive hearing and I was like okay this is so weird and so I went up prayed on this little boy came back to my seat and I was like mom I can't do this movie and she was like why and I was like because I don't think it's gonna line up where I think God eventually wants to have me and I was 11 and so I'm so grateful for having that relationship with him at such a young age and I um I ended up turning the movie down and then like right after that God opened a door and I did flipped I did spy Mm -hmm. next door I did Mr. Popper so it was like God was so faithful and that's that's the way God is God's not gonna take something from you and then not reward you Um, Mm -hmm. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so mm-hmm. i um i'm thankful i had to answer your question long ways but <laughs> no, i'm I... thankful that i had uh my close relationship with god because i've walked through everything with him yeah i have to ask because i know people in the in the live chat uh, and people are, are wondering what the project was that you said no to are you able to share? Do you want to share? I can't. You can't? No, no, no. That's totally fine. Because I, I, I was so blessed by the director, mm-hmm. and he was so kind, and he was really understanding of of um, of my choices, and he ended up actually sending me a Tiffany Cross after oh, I had turned fantastic. it down. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do, though, because I was already like so deep into it. I mm-hmm. went and, and, and screen tested for him with the other characters, mm-hmm. and... Um, it was like such a hard process to like once you've like gotten that far it's so hard to unbind yourself Mm -hmm. so it was like I think back on it and I get so embarrassed but I just knew that it was the right thing to do and I still pray all the time that I'd get to work with him again one day Um, but I I I would feel bad saying no 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 that's totally fine I ask again because I know people out there are going to want me to ask no so I say that but there's no pressure and I'm proud of you for not kind of came in and Thank giving you. that away and again for just making that decision how do you pick the roles that how do you do you look at language do you look at morality of the character do you look at 
plot line and storyline and even you said sometimes you need the bad to do the good yeah well i think i think that um I, I, a lot of the time i just i it's your moral compass you'll get this feeling you just got to go with your gut it's a you know very old saying go with your gut sometimes i've thought things were fine and mm-hmm. then just i had this feeling in my gut like don't do it don't do it and then i saw what it ended up being and i'm like okay that makes sense but it didn't make sense at the time i just kind of went with my gut um but i uh, generally yeah i just i look at the story and um i have had like hard decisions in the past on doing things um but then i ended up you know having a piece about it and went for it even though it was something that i really wouldn't have done um but felt the urge to do it and then it ended up turning out great like machine gun preacher was Mm -hmm. one of those things that you know it blessed so many people that film and really opened the eyes of a lot of people but at the time i did i I was like should i do this should i not do this and i prayed about it for a long time and i felt a piece about it so i went ahead and did it um and it ended up being great something i can be so proud of but i always pray about everything Everything, but I do think that sometimes you do have to show the bad to show the good, have redemption and everything. If you're, you know, I think that when movies are edgy and have no point to it, it's mm-hmm. like you feel you leave the theater feeling like, why did I yeah. see that? You know what I mean? But sometimes things are so brutal and hard to watch, and then in the end, you're like, oh, it all came together so so beautifully, and you end up feeling positive about it. But I think it all depends on the specific story for me. No, hundred percent, and that's even something. The last season, the first season of the show, we had Devon Franklin in. Oh, a- I love and, him. Yeah, and con- she has so much control over films that get produced, and said you, you have to be a reflection of the culture to a certain extent. Yeah. To be able to show to the them. grace and to reach them exactly. Yeah. At what point did you get burned out then? You're talking about getting burned out and you did so many roles and you hit 15 and you feel like the roles changed. At what point did you kind of think, man, is this what I want to do or is this where I'm supposed to be? Yeah, um, I I think um, from about 17 to 20, I was like really – like fighting, fighting, fighting. I just, I always felt like uh, it was what I was called to do and not just a dream of mine because I was three and a half when mm. God literally put me on the path. I was discovered at a nail salon. Mm. I mean, how <laughs> random can that get? Uh, back to back, my chair just so happened to be back to back to this agent. Mm-hmm. So she's hearing me on the other side of her. So that, knowing that and knowing how I got into acting, I just, I knew the hand of God was on it. But your um, nails, though, must have been really good. Yeah, my nails were really good. Um, and so <laughs> I, I just, um, that's what really kept me going. So whenever it was hard, I was like, but I know I'm called here, but I know I'm called here. And then I hit 20, and I was like, okay, like, I must be not hearing the Lord anymore. I must be called somewhere else. I was like, I don't care, God, if I'm supposed to be a dentist, a postman, whatever. I was like, I am sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of being depressed. I'm sick of comparison. I'm sick of – because you think, especially in acting, you're like, well – well, maybe I need to be, like, do I need to be blonde? Do I need to be skinnier? Mm-hmm. Do I need to be more fit? Do I need to, like, what am I doing wrong? It's such a thing that's not in your hands. None of your career, you know, is in yeah. your hands. Whatever you do, it's only the grace of God. There's always someone more qualified. There's always someone better looking. There's always someone who's more uh, apt for the part or whatever. And so, or job. And so I just was, I, I was so tired of fighting. I was like, God, this is so ridiculous for no reason if especially if i'm not called here anymore so i had that whole meltdown um at 20 and i was like god like i'm I'm, this mustn't be what's for me anymore and i decided that i was gonna quit and then god's like no you're still called here but i've just been working on you it's amazing you know you're in 17 to 20 and you look back and it's like oh it's three years three years when you're three years when you're in it it's so holy cow long yeah we think you know a, a, a week or two if you go without hearing something or getting something amazing and 
three years. I know. I mean, what is the what is the day to day or the week to week waking up and trying to pursue something that you're facing so many obstacles? What is what do, what do you tell yourself when you wake up? What are you feeling on the day to day throughout those three years? Oh my gosh, uh, so hard. I would be lying to say that it's you know, it's just easy and you dust yourself off and you keep mm-hmm. going to the next thing. But you you do keep going. You obviously dust yourself off and you keep going. But it's like. A heavy walk, man. It feels like you're dragging your legs. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I literally felt like if I could describe it, those three years, I literally felt like I was crawling and no longer walking. I was mm-hmm. so devastated because I was so used to God having so much favor and opening all these doors. So then when it got hard, I was like, like, I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't. It was beyond hard. And I like... I am grateful, though, now, looking back for that time, because what it did was it took everything fleshly and human out of me and replaced it with the Lord. And God's like, I'm your casting director, I'm your director, because that whole, like, past year with Imagine and, like, all these different movies and projects that I did, like, there are things that I'm walking out now that I am unqualified to do. But God is in me, and God is moving through me, and... I am so, like, not qualified for it. But what those years taught me was just rest in me, be still and know that I am God, Mm -hmm. and just surrender. So now I just, I live in this place of just surrender because I've learned through those three years of crawling that it Mm -hmm. is not me. It's not physically. I am not capable of going into a room and convincing studio heads that I am worthy of a job. There are so many people more qualified for that part but for some reason, they have favor. And yeah. and it is, I can't explain it, but know that it is the Lord. And so now I just feel like shouting it from the rooftops, it's only the Lord, just, <laughs> just rest. And isn't it, it's such a simple thing to just rest, just rest in his presence and let him do it for you, and he will. Yeah. But for some reason, our, our human minds, we just don't understand it. So I crawled for three years, and God just, in that time, not saying that things like that are sent from God. God is the author mm-hmm. of good and not bad. But he uses it for his good. And so now all of that flesh is out of me. And I'm like, okay, Lord, whatever you would have next, I just want to be obedient. Let me be humble and obedient. And the places that God will take you will blow your mind. It's amazing that you have to be stripped sometimes fully to be able to be completely rebuilt. And you think sometimes, no, but I am stripped, but I am stripped. But you're not. Mm. You're not until you get to that very last ounce and you're like, all right, I surrender. I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. I'm going to fully rely on you. And, I mean, like we were saying before the show, my path to get, it's, everyone's path to get to where they are, his path over my path. Amen. 100%. And it is, look at where I would be or where anyone would be if we got what we wanted all the time. Mm. Oh, yes. Be thankful for the no's. Too. You got to be thankful for the no's to your prayers, too. Because there were so many times that I went out for things um, that I thought, like, oh, this must be the Lord. This has to be it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this. This is going to mm-hmm. be my big break. And yeah. then it doesn't happen. And you're devastated at the time. But then in due season, in due time, mm-hmm. God will reveal to you why that didn't work out. And you're like, okay, Lord, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, yep. that I didn't get that. I get it. Now, um, you have to be thankful for the closed doors, too, as well as the open yeah. ones. You look at it and you're like, oh, he opened the door. And he's like, yeah, he opened the door to the foyer. He yeah, didn't yeah, open yeah, the yeah. door to the main room <laughs> for <laughs> yes. a reason. yes. It's just, what drove you in those three years to keep going? What still motivates you to to keep going and to really just, all right, 
I'm, I'm, I'm feeling driven. I'm feeling that this is my path. Because uh, I think now, um, after, like, we were talking about surrendering, and I just was like, okay, God, I surrender uh, in the bathroom that day, and the next day God answered my prayer, um, and then from there, imagine, and then from there, a movie called Indivisible, and then from there, God got me into producing, and then from there, like, I'm writing a book, and it's like, I, like, have a high school education. Like, mm. I can't write a book. You know what I mean? But it's like, but with the Lord, I can't. If I just humble myself and just let God, just let God reign. And that's what I've been doing. And that was the lesson I learned. So now what keeps me going is I have no idea what God has next for me. I I feel like I've seen him move in such a powerful way through Imagine and like just with reviving my whole dream in my career that I like, I imagine like tomorrow God could be like, okay, you're going to be a surgeon now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, God, okay, I'll be, I'll be a surgeon. I've never went to school for surgery, but sure, okay, because I just know that I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm-hmm. me. I know that now because I have released things and then seen God show up. And that's how we become closer to the Lord. For those of you who are like, how can I get this awesome relationship with God? Just, just little bits of obedience, just yeah. little bits of obedience reveal to you more and more the character of God that he is someone who shows up mm-hmm. you know not not all humans show up for you but God always shows up yeah. for you he is the author and finisher of your faith and again he will not show up in the ways that you want him to he'll show up in the ways that you need him to amen what is this book what uh, oh yeah what, I... <laughs> what can you share about what is the topic what are we going to be seeing so I um, I am in the literally in the very very beginning stages of it um, and just praying about it I got approached at uh, NRB um, when we were promoting imagine someone came up to me and was like hey I'm a book publisher and I really think that you need to write a book and I was like okay I'll pray about that I come home and then just God's like been had it on my heart had it on my heart had it on my heart so now I'm gonna uh, do it i guess by god's grace and i'm praying every day like when this book does come out it will be like real talk like just my everyday time with the lord and the revelations Mm. that he it'll be about like just the revelations that he gives me with Mm -hmm. reading his word pretty much um and different things that uh when i went through this hard time like these little uh things that god said to me that i studied out um and just revelation so it'll um it, it's it's hopefully going to help people and bless people, especially people who are walking out this dream that isn't coming to fruition at the time. Um, so you'll be seeing me literally live out life in real time and, and uh, just completely. It's basically God's writing the book because it's just my time with him and, and me saying, okay, God, literally specifically praying, Lord, what, what would you have me write? Wow. Is it difficult that you've never written a book? Is it daunting looking and saying, yes. wow, okay, I have to write – couple hundred pages or yeah. whatever it is yeah it's it's da- very daunting because I, like i said I'm, I'm not qualified i can tell you honestly i have a high school education <laughs> um and i i went to um it was funny because i went to ucla uh last year because the lord put it on my heart to mm-hmm. to go back to school and to study um production pre-production screenwriting so all things that i would have never did so i'm literally walking out being unqualified and it's a, it's, a, it's like it's it's the craziest thing don't don't enter with that when you go in a room you can think it but yeah, don't enter yeah. saying i just want you to know i'm not qualified no i'm I know. not the person that is going to do the best job For as this. far as qualifications yeah <laughs> yeah but i just like i i i just i want to encourage people that like the craziest thing that you have hidden in your heart that you never would dream were possible like it's a, it's possible 
And it's not about you or your ability. It's about God inside of you. And that's all you need, literally. All you mm-hmm. need is is humbleness and obedience and just allowing God to be perfect in your weakness. And, and that's how I'm living right now is literally just God just moving and opening doors that I could have never, ever dreamed were possible. But that's just what it is with him. I always you know ask people at, at nearing the end, I say, well, what is your advice maybe for other people? And obviously that seems like your advice. But I'll ask in a different way of how do people listen to God or how should they maybe feel that presence or mm. being able to know and discern what, what is God? What is God's plan? Okay. Well, um, so I feel like, um, first of all, when the Lord speaks with you, uh, for, for me, um, it's obviously like you'll have this thought and it'll come into your mind. It's not like Simba. <laughs> like, you. this is what you're that, going to that do. That ray of light just yeah. shines. Yeah, that's not no. what's going to happen. So what's going to happen is like... The, the Lord will um, will speak to you in a way that, like, it'll come into your mind as a thought. Like, uh, for instance, like, Madeline, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Okay, so I wouldn't say that to myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it comes at you as uh, a different <laughs> person. <laughs> um, but it's more like a thought. And then you're like, okay, well, well, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Okay, so I feel like the Lord just spoke that to me. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the definition of remain, and I'm gonna study that out. And and it just kind of you just it's like God thoughts follow follow after, and um, it's it's not gonna be a Simba um, audible voice. And then I would also say, um, just God speaks to me so much in my Word. I, I mm-hmm. read my Word mm-hmm. all the time, and I know that's not for everybody, but for me. Um, I, I, I read my Bible all the time and the other day I was facing a situation and I was like, God, I don't know what to do, but I know you know what to do. And I was like, Lord, reveal something to me in your word. So I opened my word and uh, I wasn't, um, to give some context, I wasn't sure whether to, to do something or not mm-hmm, do something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know whether to stand still mm-hmm, or to move. Mm-hmm. And I read, you know, about the battle of the Israelites and God mm-hmm. was like, stand still for the battle is not yours, but God. So then there was my answer. So that's like a, a an wow. example of God speaking to you. And I was like, oh, okay, God, so I'm going to stand still and you're going to deal with this and I'm not going to do anything. And I did that and I was obedient to that. And then that's exactly what happened. God took care of exactly what was on the table. And so um, my advice would just be stay in your word, stay around people who are, you know, life-giving people, um, you know, friends that aren't going to suck the life from you. And um, a lot of people, I heard Devon Franklin say this actually mm-hmm. one time, was um, was um, don't let people speak over your life because God didn't reveal the vision to them. He revealed it mm. to you, which I thought was really powerful. Yeah. And um, just just make sure that the calling is not just something you're desiring, but God's in it too. Because like I said earlier, it's way too hard to walk it out by yourself, and it has to be something that came from him as well. And, and you'll notice that things come a lot easier. In 30, 40, 50 years, people look back on your career and your life. What are three things that you want people to know or to remember about your work, your life? Oh, my God, that's a heavy question. Um, I just, I want people to look at my life and see how unqualified I was and that God did something great. Wow. And um, I want them to see obedience. I want them to see humility. And I want them to see change. Hmm. I would like people to see, you know, this Madeline that you're seeing now and just someone at the end of my life that has just been obedient and did something great and made an impact. But more importantly, my goal is that I'm pleasing to God and that I've accomplished everything he's called. 
That's amazing. Need to do. That's amazing. I'm sorry to make you cry. No. I feel. I feel like no. we're watching. I can only imagine right now. There's yeah. so many. Uh, thank you. Like un unbelievable thank thanks you. for you for a coming in here, but being mm-hmm. so open, and especially about those times <laughs> when there are times that everybody experiences, which is again why I have this show where you you think these people on the screen have these incredible lives that are living these lives that. Oh, I can't relate. I could never be this person because their path was easier than mine. They had money. They had influence, power, whatever. That's not the case. It is not the case. If everyone who has achieved success has had these moments of weakness where they're like, what do I do? Yeah. How do I move forward? And thank you so much no, for opening for up. And again, go see I Can Only Please. Imagine. Guys, it's still Please. a theater. It's. I think it's like more theaters are even showing it now that they're seeing the reaction from people. And again, it was fourth at the box office, seventy million dollars already. And again, people thought it would maybe make ten, five, ten. It's been incredible. Um, and I, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. I Thank mean, it's you. been incredible. And I can't wait to see where book, you are years down the road. Well, like you're such a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that, guys. You can tell we just want to be able to inspire, be able to encourage, and spread that positivity. That's all this show is, and we just want to do that every single week. You can find us on the Popcorn Talk Network. You can follow Matt. You can follow. I'm just all wrapped up. You can follow, you can follow, I'm Maddie Carroll. Yeah, you can follow after the show on Twitter, on Instagram. On Twitter, I am Maddie Carroll. On Instagram at Mads Carol too. Couldn't get them together. Couldn't. Yeah, I know. I actually uh, the names were so I'm Maddie Carol was taken on Instagram and then on Twitter just Madeline Carol was taken. They just Madeline Carol was taken on both. So. Well. That's why the confusing username. It's all right. So and I am Michael Klaus. You can find me on Instagram on Twitter at the only MC again. Comment, share, subscribe. We give you this free content. All we ask: comment, subscribe, tell a friend. You'll make their day. Spread the positivity, spread the information, and have faith that his plan is bigger than yours. We'll see you guys next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.